0: I want to begin by thanking E.N.C. in the Office for Spiritual Development for the invitation to engage with you today in conversations on the Christian witness in the midst of racial justice. Let's begin by praying. Gracious God and King, we give you thanks for this another day. We pray, O God, that today the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart may be acceptable in thy sight, for you are my strength and my redeemer. I pray that during this conversation that your people might be edified and you might be glorified. In Jesus's name we pray, amen. This past year has been uh, quite a year uh, during this global pandemic, and surely it has been a time where we have seen uh, a witness of the church that I think in many regards has not always been pleasing to the Lord. It's a time for us, I think, to take an assessment of what is the Christian witness or is there a Christian witness that should be Um, apparent during the time of um, racial injustice, spoiler alert, I think the answer to that question is an emphatic yes. There is a witness for the church. There is a witness for the people of God. There is a witness for every Christian that brings glory to God in the midst of what is racial injustice. One of my favorite passages of scripture I'd like us to look to today for guidance is Micah 6 chapter 8. Micah 6, excuse me, verses 8. And it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Micah is a prophet that has contemporaries like the prophet Isaiah and also the prophet Amos who all three of them, at the time in which they were living, were speaking prophetic words to Israel because of God's displeasure and disappointment in Israel. As the people of God, their behaviors and their lifestyles and their actions were not honoring of God. And I think that words that were given then are relevant to us now. If we take a look at what Micah was speaking to during that time, God was was displeased with Israel for a number of reasons. First and foremost, God was not pleased because Israel had walked away from their covenant relationship. God had made a covenant with Israel and there were things that Israel was supposed to do in terms of how they lived amongst each other and others in the world. And they had um, violated or walked away from the covenant relationship that they had with God. So God was not pleased And Micah was speaking specifically to this. If you read uh, the the entire chapter of Micah 6 or the book of Micah, to be exact, God was also not pleased with, they had a life full of inconsistencies. One minute they were pleasing the Lord and the next minute they were not. They were hot and cold and God was not pleased with them because God desires that we live a life that is consistent and faithful before the Lord. But they also had cheap religious practices, and we know that uh, the prophet Isaiah, a contemporary to Micah, spoke to this as well in Isaiah chapter 58 when he addressed the issues of the fast that they would engage in. You see, the children of Israel were, were known for having very, very strong religious practices, but they were cheapened because although they might have brought sacrifices, their lifestyles were not pleasing to God. And so God frowned upon even the very performance of their religious practices, because as is said in the New Testament, they drew close to God with their lips, but their hearts were far from God. And finally, God had issue with the children of Israel because of their failure to love their neighbor. You know, we're told in the New Testament in the story of the Good Samaritan, when the lawyers trying to justify themselves speaking to Jesus, Jesus gives the parable about the Good Samaritan, about the Samaritan. And at the end, when Jesus asks, well, who who was the neighbor? And the lawyer had to say the one who showed mercy. God calls us as Christians to live a life of mercy and to be merciful, to love our neighbor. And so these are the complaints that uh, the prophet Micah was speaking to the children of Israel because of God's displeasure with them. If we look at what God is requiring in the behaviors and in the actions and in the lifestyles of those who are identifying with the risen Lord, it is act justly, do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Let's look at those three, those three really quickly. What does it mean to act justly, to do justly? Well, I think that boils down to three things. It boils down to right action, right words, and right attitudes. Right action, right words, and right attitudes. Right action means not to participate in unjust behaviors. We serve a God of justice. And as, and as image bearers of God, And as those who are called to bear witness to who God is, we are to engage in right action, not participating in unjust behaviors. That's what it means to have a Christian witness in the midst of racial injustice. It also means that we should have right words, which means that we should not be engaging in unjust speech. What we say out of our mouths is very important. And the accusations that we make and the words that we use sometimes as knives and daggers do not line up with who God has called us to be. And of course, right attitude leads to right behaviors because it is in what we think that affects our attitude and our attitudes affect our behaviors. And God is calling us to have just attitudes, attitudes that are rooted and grounded in the character of God. And so if we're going to do justice, we have to have right action, right words and right attitude, but we're also called to love mercy. And what is love mercy? Love mercy is about relationship. It's about reconciliation. We're told in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is about relationship. God so loved us that he gave. That is rooted in the ethic of love and in a relationship. God reconciled us back to God's self through Jesus Christ, his one and only son. And we are told in Philippians chapter two that Jesus so loved his father that he wanted to do the will of his father. And in so doing, he so loved us that he freely laid down his right to his death full deity and clothed himself in humanity and suffered in our place so that we might be reconciled back to the father. We might be put back in right relationship. Our salvation, our relationship with God was atoned at one. We were put back together. And so love mercy is about relationship. It is about reconciliation. And so God wants right relationship, not right religion. You see, because if you look at Micah chapter 6, the grievance that God has is that the religious practices were a stench in God's nostrils. Oh, we can put on performances and we can go to the temple and we can come on our Sunday services and we can worship with, with loud hallelujah's or, or or holy hushes of of thinking that we have aligned ourselves in right relationship with god when in fact we have not all we have done is engage in religious practices but we're not in right relationship And so we need to be not only in right relationship with God, but right relationship with our neighbor. And we are told in the New Testament that, you know, you can't love a God who you cannot see. And yet, or you can't say that you love a God that you cannot see. And yet you cannot love your neighbor that you see every day. And who is our neighbor? Oh, the neighbor is the one who showed mercy. Are we being merciful to our neighbor. Are we loving our neighbor as we love ourselves? As Jesus summed up the greatest commandment by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second is like the first, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we are going to do justice, it's right action. It is right words. It is right behaviors. If we are going to love mercy, it's about reconciliation and obedience and being in right relationship with God and right relationship with our neighbor. And finally, if we are going to have a Christian witness in the midst of racial injustice, doing all of those things that I've said already, then it's also gonna require that we walk humbly with God. And what does walking humbly with God? Well, I love the way the message sums up Micah 6, 8, it says, do what is fair and just to your neighbors. Be compassionate and loyal and love and do not take yourself too seriously. Do not take yourself too seriously. That's the walk humbly part. Do not take yourself so seriously, but take God seriously. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about God. How we live in this world should point to Christ, not to ourselves. All too often our Christian witness sometimes, and I think what was true then of Israel might actually be true of us now in our current context is that sometimes we are quick to wave the Christian banner to draw attention to ourselves, but unfortunately the attention that we draw to ourselves does not point to the cross. Sometimes we can be so loud we're wrong and we're strong in our being wrong that our Christian witness is actually not quite Christian at all. It's quite carnal. God is calling us to be humble and to make the issue Christ. A relationship that is rooted in love, demonstrates love of neighbor, it is lived out, acted out in right words, right actions, right behaviors, right attitudes, where we are in right relationship with the Father, in right relationship with our neighbor, and we don't take ourselves so seriously. We take God seriously. Another favorite verse of mine is John chapter 17, verse 23. And it talks, it is, it is the priestly prayer. And Jesus prays that not that we would be taken out of the world, but that we would remain. And that it would be evident to all by our Christian witness who God is. So that the world would know. The Christian witness we are called to have in times of racial injustice is so that the world would know that there is a God who is definitely interested in justice, racial justice, and wants us to love our neighbor, to feel what our neighbor feels, to understand their pain, and to stand with them in the gap, pointing the way to Christ. My prayer today is that God would be pleased with our witness words to consider and for us to think about. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. God bless you.